Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Action Entertainment Reviews Podcast. Let's track this from the beginning. We start with something pure. Something exciting. Then... Deal with something new. Yeah. Told you. Okay so far? You like it? I'm feeling it. Yeah. Why stop there? Our Marvel Cinematic Universe Retrospective continues. This is it. This is the path I started us on. On this episode, we will be discussing and reviewing Marvel's Phase 2. Our very strength invites challenge. Challenge incites conflict. This episode will contain spoilers. Conflict breeds catastrophe. The thing isn't beautiful. Because it lasts. I am inevitable. And I am Iron Man. What a sweet-ass run it's been. Epic forces of darkness and light. What a world. Universe, now. And now, here are your hosts for this retrospective. Mike Winkler, Alistair Engelhart, Daniel English, and Jeremy Larson. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Action Marvel Cinematic Universe retrospective. We have now officially moved on to Phase 2, and uh, I'm ready for a pretty uh, good discussion, especially on Thor The Dark World. I know that's going to be interesting with all of us here. Um, I am Mike Winkler, back here with Alistair Englehart, Jeremy Larson, and Daniel English. Welcome back, gentlemen. Hey, hey. Good to be back. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to start the podcast off. Um, I wanted to give Jeremy Larson a chance to uh, start talking about his streaming channel for you all to uh, to join and listen in. So go ahead, Jeremy. Well, if you you tire of listening to the three other guys that are here in the video (laughs) with me, um, you can always you can always join me uh, by myself or with friends over uh, at my Twitch channel at Condiment Games. You can also follow me on Twitter for uh, pictures of my son, random nerd thoughts and anything else. I have texting. What's your Twitter handle? (laughs) Oh, my Twitter handle is at condiment underscore games. (laughs) Nice. 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 What games have you been working on recently, Jeremy? Oh, gosh. I I need to finish up uh, Star Wars, um, the Jedi Fallen Order game. I haven't haven't gotten through that yet. We were playing uh, playing Enter the Gungeon recently because I ran out of other things to play. And... uh, (laughs) When when my 
when my buddy Ryan gets back from his little vacation, we're going to be finishing up uh, Journey to the Savage Planet. Cool. Nice. So plenty right. of different games going on. Mm-hmm. So to all the listeners out there, go check him out. It's probably a badass channel. I'm going to check it out now. <laughs> I want to see what follow. You we've got now. some. We have a podcast to do, Mike. We've got some dope. <laughs> we've got some dope emotes over there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ad free right. viewing. Subscribe at tier three. Anyway, back to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So on tonight's podcast, what we got, guys? We got Iron Man three, The Winter Soldier, Guardians mm. of the Galaxy. Avengers, Ant-Man, and the other one is what? That's it. Oh, talking about Iron, oh, Iron no, Man. You already said Iron Man three. You already said that. Yeah. What is the other one? We're talking about Thor, <laughs> the Thor of the Dark World. There you go. I was waiting <laughs> oh. for that. Oh, Thor the Dark. Oh, of course. There you yeah. go. Right. I was you thinking Hulk. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, we're going to talk about the uh, no. The- <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's dive right just into go in release order. Iron Man three. Yeah, let's dive right into Iron Man three. Who wants to kick mm. it off? So I was surprised because I feel like I'm probably biased, but I don't think there's a movie yet in the entire MCU that I have not enjoyed. I feel mm. like Iron Man three got a lot of criticism, um, mm-hmm. and. I I liked it. I thought it broke the mold of what the Iron Man movies before it were. Because uh, I, I mentioned in the last podcast how we talked a little bit about how Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2 are really just Iron Man looking to fight an enemy who has his arc reactor technology and has a suit like he does. So I thought it was really cool that mm-hmm. they had a group of people with a, you know the extremist organization creating a different kind of bad guy for Iron Man. And I I loved that they put Pepper in the suit. Um, I felt like Happy was a hilarious addition. I, I like, forehead of security is probably my favorite joke in that entire mm-hmm. movie. Yep. Um, I, I liked it. I, I thought it was really cool. I was so glad John Favreau came back because since he wasn't yeah. directing this time around, I would have thought maybe he wouldn't have been in it, but thankfully he was because he's a great addition to the universe. I really enjoyed yeah. it too. I And I when I was reading the criticisms, I, I guess I hadn't realized um, that a lot of it seemed to have come from the user base that a fan base that's a bit more familiar with the comics. Um, Like I saw a lot of uh, feedback on the Mandarin and the faithfulness there to the Mandarin as he was originally created. I I had no idea any of that, any of that background context, but um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. What was that term? I I heard that. So the Mandarin was originally a Vietnamese guy in the comics right yeah he's definitely oriental so there was there was some kind of um term for the casting of villains in those asian roles at that time maybe it was related Mm -hmm. to like the korean conflict of the vietnam war or something like that but i found him (laughs) to be hilarious i loved how serious he felt but then how he was just a front i i loved Mm -hmm. that twist that was a lot of fun. Ben Kingsley is an amazing That was actor. it. He is. So, you ever seen him in um, uh, Tuck Everlasting? Yes. No. Yeah, he was in that movie. He was. Yep. Man, he appears yeah. like everywhere. He just like that guy that appears he, in a bunch of different movies. He Prince does a lot of, of different types of roles. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he's a very talented actor. Yellow Peril. Yeah, I, I was with you. Yellow I was, I was very surprised. Or Yellow Spectre. That's what it was called. The Yellow, yellow Peril hmm. is a racist color metaphor that misrepresents the peoples of East Asia as an existential danger to the Western world. So they moved away from that a little bit. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so hmm. I don't know. Just... Hmm. Yeah, I think the one thing about... Um about him the mandarin the most that i that i bothered me the most was was the payoff at the end of the movie you know he was hyped up as the big villain and then it turns out it was one big fake out i know that pissed off a lot of people to begin with i know a lot of fans were upset about that um but it was but such I mean, a good scene that yeah. revealed it, it is though you're when right he's like watching the soccer game yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. did you all feel so when 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 tony basically eliminates all the ex- extremist soldiers did you all feel a little bit off with that like because he was killing them yeah just i don't know a little it, out of character it did it seemed a little bit out of character mm-hmm. for me i don't um, know pepper was on the yeah. line i think that True. all bets were off it's a good point otherwise yeah. you just have walking human bombs everywhere that's, true. And that's, that's it yeah I yeah. Well, I don't want to get into it huh. too early. I want to stay with Iron Man 3, but I had the same thought when Captain America was like teep kicking guys off the boat into the ocean at night. And I figured, There's yeah, that. yeah, yeah, point, yeah right? that was, yeah, that's an even, yeah, right. But yeah, I, that, that's yeah, an interesting I, perspective. But then I realized, I don't think these guys have gone with the no kill route like um like mm-hmm. dc has gone right As a matter of fact sure we, sure we start to well until that new <laughs> dc trailer <laughs> <laughs> right yeah that's true <laughs> yeah. Um, i think we're gonna see a lot of that coming up <laughs> well we're, we're, we're so used to like the the rules of christian bale's you know, Batman trilogy where he did not want to kill and do stuff. Then you have Superman's oath, which of course changed in Zack Snyder's Man of Steel when he just killed yeah. Zod out of nowhere, which people yep. were so angry yeah, that, about. Yeah, I, I didn't like that. Yeah. Well, that yeah. is just a uh, showcase of Snyder not really caring about... <laughs> the uh, Snyderverse of... I guess I should say like time-honored tradition of characters. I was watching an interview in which he actually mocked those fans directly yeah, saying, did. you know, I want it to be my story. Who cares what you guys think? Uh-huh. I don't know. So one mm-hmm. of the things I really love about, I guess, phase two leading into civil war in general, I know civil war is not part of phase two, but phase two leading into civil war in general is really setting up to, to actually get a glimpse of how flawed all these heroes are. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's an intentional Tony Stark being a little bit vengeful when he's rescuing Pepper, but I think his panic attacks, I think, you know, the agitation from Avengers one that leads him into his decisions in age of Ultron. I think we're getting ready for, you know, the, the facade of what the, um, what the, Oh my gosh, what is Asgard, like the Asgardian Mm -hmm. legacy is about to crumble as we get to Thor 3. So that is one thing I really love is that these characters are so far from perfect um, Mm -hmm. and sets up some pretty cool redemption arcs, which is my one issue with Iron Man 3 as it relates to the whole universe is I feel like Tony Stark has to 
overcome these flaws and then they kind of forget that he's done them in the other movies. Hmm. So like we'll get to Age of Ultron and he's acting as though he hasn't found the peace that we are led to believe he found in Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I, or think maybe, the, I think yeah. Iron Man 3 let him become a little bit more level-headed instead of finding that peace. I think there was still a little inner turmoil there, but it was okay. more just, okay, I can wrap my head around this now. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was one of the biggest gripes I think I had about Iron Man 3 was kind of the ending because... You know, it, it felt very much final in a way for Tony's story. You know, I'm giving mm-hmm. up the suits, I'm giving up being Iron Man mm-hmm. forever. And then the next time we see him, he's just kind of Iron Man again, and there's not really much. Well, so I that... might I might issue a correction to that. I don't think that he was blowing up the suit saying he's not going to be Iron, it, Iron Man anymore. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure he starts that movie off in Mark 42, right? And Pepper makes the comment of, oh, which version is that? And and mm-hmm. he doesn't want to say that he hasn't been sleeping at all. He's just been developing suits out of this neurotic fear of the future. Mm-hmm. I think what he's giving up is the fact that Iron Man is his whole life. He's transitioning that to Iron Man is the means to the end. And we see that end in phase three, which Mm -hmm. is his family and his life. So Iron Man becomes what he wants to protect. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, at Mm -hmm. the same time, Mike, he does have the, the Iron Legion Mm -hmm. in, in Age of Avengers. So like, did he blow him up or? Yeah, yeah. There's just I, 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 your point of view actually makes a lot of sense, and I can and I could definitely see it that way. Maybe it was just the way it was, um, how it translated on screen, just yeah. how it how it was perceived. And I mean, of course, when we saw the movie, we knew he was going to come back in Age of Ultron. We knew how that was going to mm-hmm. go. But to me, I mean, Iron Man three had also a change of writers and directors because you had yeah. Favreau direct the first two. You had Shane Black write and direct three which Shane Black was an interesting choice to do Iron Man 3. I, I came out completely out of left field. Um, in a way, I felt like Shane Black was almost making Iron Man 3 like his own. Like it was part of a trilogy, but he was making it kind of like his own movie and created his own ending without really thinking about the future of, sure. of, of Tony Stark. But yeah, Inter- you know, Interestingly, I think that brings both Iron Man's strengths and weaknesses for me. Yeah, uh, because I do like how different it feels. But yeah, then one of my major criticisms is its discontinuity with the rest. A little bit, yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's right. Okay, I was looking. I was thinking that Justin Thoreau did Iron Man three as one of the writers, but that was two. That was two. Yeah, that was two. Was was it just Shane Black for three? Um, and Drew Pierce who I have not heard of, but Shane Black is listed as the sole director. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Huh. Hobbs and Shaw, well, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. That was Drew hmm. Pierce. Oh, Rogue Nation was pretty damn good. So, okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, one thing I, I feel like phase two as a whole does really well, but I think Iron Man starts it off in this way is just again the creative humor like i loved the um impromptu gadgets that he built without the iron man suit Mm -hmm. with like the the uh 
hardware store trip. I loved, yep. <laughs> I loved how happy was. I wasn't annoyed with the kid. I feel like I had heard some people were annoyed with the kid, but I, I kind of liked that relationship and how they played off one another. I feel like people being annoyed with the kid is a little unfair. I mean, he is a child. <laughs> it's it's right. he's supposed to be a little bit annoying, but it's yeah. for the sake of the the film, not for not for us. To, we are not supposed to enjoy children of that age. <laughs> you know, kind of in a way, I think that it works a lot better now with Tony having a kid in Endgame. Now, us knowing that, and I think that it almost it was a good bridge to him having children and being good with children because he ended up being really good with that child and he ended up caring about that child. So in a way it does create that bridge to him eventually having children in Endgame. Yeah. Now that I see it that way, see watching this movie now, it really works. Yeah. Hmm. So everyone liked Iron Man three and this group then generally speaking. I think the only comp- uh, complaint you'll get from me is the, the Mandarin reveal. Yeah. It was, it was so it just felt short-lived so now do you feel like that broke your expectations because of your perception of mandarin from other resources or did you not have any awareness of that and you just didn't like it i i didn't have any awareness of that okay so it was more of just they were building him up so much in the movie just by itself and then when we finally got there i was like okay while while the gag was funny he was just a gag yeah considering how serious he was played throughout the whole movie plus even remember even the trailers he was like looked like this badass you know villain that was going to be a true test to, to stark and <laughs> See, mm-hmm. I like it ended that. up being none of the above <laughs> yep. i did like the idea of him i yeah I, I liked the idea of him being a puppet that was surprising to me but i i see what you're saying jeremy that maybe he was a bit you know a bit too flimsy <laughs> yeah. over the top sure yeah but yeah i have to agree with, with jeremy that's my only gripe really was just the whole mandarin reveal it just <laughs> It, to me, it just kind of felt felt odd and out of place. It didn't feel like it really belonged in this movie. It just, mm-hmm. but as a whole, the the movie got a lot worse uh, uh, reception than it what it deserved because it really it was still a, a a good movie as a whole. Yeah, you said you liked the Mandarin, Dan. I did. I the the reveal. Yeah. Well, so what was so cool to me is that whole, you know, mysterious, dark, evil even him walking on set but then once you reveal it he became you know just funny and and it also prevented there from being this split villainy too Mm -hmm. so the fact that it was it was killian all the way um i just liked him as a villain because i feel as though he was he he was introduced and became more and more menacing throughout the movie until you figure out he can breathe fire. You know, I just, I just really liked, I liked the development of him. And so the fact that that Mandarin was a, not a joke, but a prop, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. have any expectations because I'm not versed in the Iron Man comics. Um, mm-hmm. And I was really sure. into the aspect of the story arc that covered you know pepper potts's relationship and getting into the suit i just i loved the boat scene and it Mm -hmm. it felt so much it almost had like this 
Transformers feel to it. How each of the suits mm. had a different style, and he's mm. jumping in and out of suits. Oh, I, just I loved feel the like, suits. Yeah, they were able to use the suits so creatively because there were so many of them. They were falling apart. They each had different battle styles. He was jumping out of them and into others, and then Pepper Potts was in the suit because before they had had him use just the hands or, or right. something like that. Um, yeah, I I loved the play that they did with the existing concepts too. So I guess we're we're pretty much all in agreement that that the movie definitely was given a lot worse reception than it probably deserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which okay. Brings us to the next one. Captain America: <laughs> The Winter Soldier. Is it Soldier or is it Thor? Which one came first? It's Thor. It's Thor. Thor. It's Thor. Oh, it is Thor. Okay. Thor: The Dark World. Okay, here we go. This is the one I've been looking forward to talking about. Uh Yeah, I don't want to start this off. I do not want to start uh, this off. I, I enjoyed it much more after having seen Infinity War and coming to understand that I, I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't understand that it was an Infinity Stone mm. when I first watched oh, it. I don't, I, did, did you all catch that the first time you watched it? I had a feeling. I didn't know. Yeah, for sure, I, 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 that completely went over my head and that was maybe on me, but well, I, the exposition. after, yeah. No, go ahead. I was just going to say the exposition from Odin was if you if you had an inkling of it was very telling the mm-hmm. fact that sure. he compared it to all the other constants that pre-existed the dawn of the universe mm. um which that's why I really loved the book the way that book looked as he's telling the story but yeah I sure. I felt like it was pretty clear to me um but by the time I was watching phase two, I actually wasn't keeping up with the movies until much later. I got through all of them to catch up by the time. um, I think it was, it had to be civil war was the Mm. first one I started watching all in theaters. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I would just say generally, I think given that lens of its connectedness to the the broader lore of the marvel universe i just enjoyed it a lot more the second time i watched it um i didn't dislike it the first time i watched it i actually really enjoyed the uh the elves the um the dark elves i thought they were pretty cool if not a little bit out of nowhere but (laughs) (laughs) um but i did i I enjoyed the movie yeah i enjoyed the movie i i i actually enjoyed earlier thor rather than later thor i enjoyed thor being a more serious character um and i um and and he you know and i get why he changed i i i think that thor increasingly became um emblematic of the humorous side of marvel Mm-hmm. as a, a, you know p- paramount being uh fat thor but um yeah. but i really liked thor i really enjoyed thor in one and two um and uh i i think who he was given how old he was and what he had been through made a little bit more sense to me than this rapid transformation in this character that that we saw from two to three and three to yeah. um infinity war and, and endgame but and yeah, yeah you know what's <laughs> funny al i i agree with you i love thor i love the humor in thor but i do mm-hmm. think thor's character suffered for the sake of that humor mm-hmm. um he is so mature in thor too the way that he handles i mean that 
assuming a lot of the stuff he did off screen where he brought peace back to the nine realms despite the bifrost being destroyed and he did it in such a way that he earned respect and who knows if that's loki just puffing him up a little bit but still i i felt like he was mature he was solemn he wasn't as quick to anger or as proud um and i think that was really important for him to be in that place after having passed the trial of thor one in a sense my theory um and i'll have to see what you guys think of this is that hemsworth as an actor couldn't carry the mantle of thor that the character deserved and so they took it the humor route um but that's just my suspicion is because i think all of the main heroes in the avengers are very capable of of being dynamic and i think maybe hemsworth is not as capable and so his character kind of got painted into the either being stoic and tough or funny or some combination of the two like his like his range is somewhat limited yeah well and i i think the best place to see that is in Endgame, where each of the characters i mean it was a long movie each of the main build actors got a chance to showcase their skills and show you the pain that they were suffering through. Um, And the fact that Thor was in a fat suit didn't mean that he had to be less believable, but even so his pain was less believable to me. The way he talked about like, don't say that name. And I just didn't buy his pain as readily as I bought everyone else's pain. And so I don't know. I think Thor 2 was the path toward realizing Hemsworth's limits and then painting the character appropriately. Or maybe they just... Backing backing off, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that we can't always... We can't blame the actors for Mm -hmm. the the character choices that were made. We can also blame the writers to where they chose to have Thor go. Maybe they made that same conclusion and didn't think you could pull off... um, you know thor as we really want him to be so they yeah. went a comedy sure. geeky route to make the one of the strongest avengers in the history of the yeah. mcu turn into uh you know fat frat boy after <laughs> infinity yeah War. i almost yeah. wonder too if it was if it was to kind of ensure that he would take it back you know how in heroes hero is kind of a a clown Sure. Yeah. But uh, but he's he's obviously probably the if not the most one of the most powerful heroes with his mm-hmm. power. And if he was really if he was a serious character, there's no way he could have taken a back seat. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I, I wonder if, if maybe probably it, yeah prohibit any kind of plot mechanic for conflict. Through <laughs> <Yep. laughs> that, if you can yeah, stop time, I, right? Yeah. But but yeah, I mean Thor is obviously in, in a lot of I, he's very powerful even compared to most of the avengers and so i wonder if maybe that was um their way of handling that um yeah so which of you is it huh which of you would speak poorly of this movie (laughs) okay i no 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 no. okay here here's here's my deal with thor i I am a bad example for my family when it comes to the MCU <laughs> because I took Cassie, my wife, to see Thor Ragnarok 
before she had even seen Thor the Dark World because I had forgot mm. it existed. I forgot the movie existed. And I think it was just because I didn't go watch it a second time. I <laughs> I mm-hmm. I felt like it was Jeremy, you you are forgiven. <laughs> it was it was honestly Thor the Dark World was too much for me the first time watching it through to where it there was a lot of information coming at you mm-hmm. and I couldn't take it all in. But watching it a second time, things have gotten better. And I know that we had we were thinking that it was going to be a lengthy discussion of uh, Thor the Dark World, whether it's great or not. But I I don't have too many problems with it. That's good. I, he, it sounds like he, uh, maybe some time ago, it would have been a whole different discussion. But uh, Yeah. Well, so lay it on us, Mike. Oh, actually, I'm, 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 I'm positive on it. I, I, I always loved the Thor movies. So Thor, 2, Thor 2 to me, I, I liked because um, I liked the fact that, that Jane and Thor's relationship matured from the first movie. Because in the first movie, the relationship was a good start, but it was a very, felt like a very juvenile relationship hmm. in a way. And it, it matures a lot. And um, because like, like you said, Dan, Thor matures a lot. So the relationship instantly already matures because she's in the first movie, she's in a completely different place than him. Mm. So, and, and that's really heavily evident in the first film quite a bit. It isn't really like, maybe like the last scene of the first movie where I think Thor really feels his love for her when he can't get back to her. Mm. Um, but I liked the elves. I thought that was a very big, dark turn for Thor. And uh, I'm a huge fan of Ragnarok. Um, but in a way, I watched Ragnarok and I kind of almost wish we would have continued down that darker route for Thor because I feel like that we were going that route. That's the route they wanted to go down. And then all of a sudden, they completely did you know, a flip and they thought, hmm, you know what? Humor might be better for this. Why don't we just go the complete opposite direction? And it works. It works. But I would have liked to have seen maybe the direction they were thinking they were going to go in before Dark World was released. That's because you're well, a secret. Maybe, maybe in Love and Thunder. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah, Love and Thunder. But <laughs> what, what, what's the director's name again? Uh, to, to... Just, it's a, I can't get over it. I hope they change the title. It just sounds so cheesy okay with that title. With I, so Love I, and Thunder? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be the first one to come in defense of Thor 2 because I... I just loved the movie. I love Christopher Eccleston. I love yep. um, I love the the jokes that they make that aren't slapsticky. That's what I like about Thor 2 is is how well it balances. Like Darcy is a great comedic character and I think she takes the pressure off Jane from having to be funny at all. Um, hmm. and Eric Selvig, I think like <laughs> when they're when they're determined that they need to go save the world and he's like i better get my pants <laughs> or like <laughs> i don't know i just i just felt like they did really quick humor um really well despite the fact that it was kind of a of really i mean we don't see villains that are this set on not just ending the world or following the trope of killing people, but like I, there's something about wanting to plunge the world back into eternal darkness that just doesn't have any redeeming quality to it at all. Um, even Thanos is trying to do it for some end that 
to that make it a, a reasonable place. person could see, okay, I guess I see what you're saying, but you're sacrificing things that good people don't sacrifice. Right. But, sure. but um, the dark elves are just, you know, humans are a mistake and we want to, we want eternal darkness again. Um, hmm. And I really, I really loved just how well they play Loki. I remember the first time I watched it, I totally bought it hook line and sinker that loki had betrayed thor um and i guess in a way he did but even from the first the first moment in the film when he's talking to his father because his father's explaining why he's going to be in prison and he's like as much as i love our little chats i don't love them and so right away loki's first interaction expresses this deceptive dualist nature that he has that i they just know their characters well they played the movie out well and i liked a different looking villain i liked that the color scheme slanted dark and red that that was kind of uncommon sure see i loved loki throughout the entire film agreed there i felt nothing wrong with the with loki's character yeah Hmm. see if there's two things about this movie that still kind of pisses me off to this day is number one the the whole thing with thor and lady sif i it angers me because sometimes i almost feel like instead of him and jane that that that's really his appropriate person to be with hmm. you know they they're both kind of the same kind of person they're warriors they're, they're both asgardian you know they both live for hundreds of years <laughs> exactly it all makes sense it all ties together and so, the thing yeah. is, she disappears in ragnarok and and that leads me to the ending the ending you know, with, with Loki ultimately end up being their father at the end. It's a very dark ending. And I don't like that it was perceived as a joke in Ragnarok. I was hoping for something a little bit more serious with that to build off of. And it probably was the intention, but that kind of still angers me that that was played off more of humor than being Mm -hmm. serious. Yeah. I, I like, I really like the tone of Ragnarok, but I think you're right that they mishandled that specific issue. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting to me is I feel like Lady Sif doesn't get what she deserves for the sake of Jane Foster. And then I know that like outside the movie, political issues prevented her from continuing on because she said she didn't want to just keep replaying this damsel in distress role. Right. And so I feel like they made a choice in Thor two to move toward Jane Foster. And then she just got explained away in a single line of, Oh, we broke up. It was mutual. And that was annoying to me because I felt like he was putting so much on the line for her. Like she, uh, Lady Sif was like, you know, there's nine realms. The King of Asgard needs to worry about more than just one of them. And he's maturely like thanks her and disagrees, but then he they just break up. I don't know that. I always <laughs> like the relationships and the fact that they were together. And I mean, doesn't Thor two end with a slow motion run and hug? <laughs> so like, yeah, <laughs> I just figured it would be a bigger part. So the fact that she was taken out was a big bummer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think there was a gap there that. Mm-hmm. But I heard uh, Lady Siv is going to be back too. I'm glad. That's one thing I'm happy about Love and Thunder is because, you know, Natalie Portman's coming back and then, you know, Sif's coming back too. So, 
Yeah, Alistair just loves that title. If they keep that title, I can't. I can't. It just sounds like That's a bad pay-per-view. Love See, I feel like they're going to keep with that. Some people find unbearingly annoyable, annoying theme of 80s. I love I loved Ragnarok. I loved the music. I, mm-hmm. I loved the graphics. As a matter of fact, when when we get to Guardians, I'm going to talk about how Guardians affected the color palette of the entire Marvel mm. Cinematic oh, Universe yeah. in such mm-hmm. a positive way. Yep. Just the um, trailer for Ragnarok was had Guardians written all over. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm. So, see, when it comes to Love and Thunder, when we ever get to that, that's going to be Alistair's it's sticky moment. It's just the title <laughs> itself. Just the title. Just the title. The title is enough. I, yeah. I can just see him starting the podcast going, hey, guys, we're going to start Love and Thunder. I can just see uh, <laughs> Alistair, you should get all Shakespearean on it. I'll, like, I'll like make a song. I'll make a song out of it by the time we get to our next podcast. Yeah. Love and thunder. So uh, it, this is a good moment. I have an idea for the podcast once we get caught up to the movies. Mm-hmm. I think it would be fun to watch them in concert and talk about them as we watch them so that a viewer could Ooh. could listen to the podcast while they watch the movie and kind of yeah. like... Uh, like that. what's that called mystery science theater yeah mystery science theater. um my co-worker was like you all should watch it and talk about it as you watch so that we could sync it up with the movie but i thought it's that funny fun. it's funny you say that too because i was just thinking about that that uh that new batman trailer that came out a couple days ago yeah i was yeah. thinking how cool would it have been to put it in the middle of our of our window and just all watch it at the same time and just talk about it while it's playing yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a good idea I'm just putting a Marvel mm-hmm. movie on and just talk about it like as a visual audio commentary. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I found myself... Fun. I f- it's, I've watched these movies a lot, and I think Phase 2 is probably the phase I've watched more than the others. Maybe mm. Phase 1 and 2 equal amounts. But I just found myself clinging to, to particular lines that mm-hmm. made me think, oh, man, that's a cool line, or oh, I like how this relates. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun to watch it live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think if I had problems with Thor 2 apart from the drastic turn the story arc had to make, um, which I'm not even upset about. I loved Thor 3. I really do like mm-hmm. that it became mostly humor because I think we needed that buffer as we went into Endgame and Infinity. Yeah. <laughs> and just start with death. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Start yeah. with all of Asgard slaughtered. Yeah, right? <laughs> I will say they were they were pretty gutsy to destroy Asgard and Ragnarok. It, it, you wouldn't expect yeah, I was surprised. how Ragnarok starts. You would not I was, Gosh, I was yeah. so surprised because it was just such a triumphant ending. But Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all in yeah. all, I guess I guess we uh, I guess we all do end up liking Thor two a lot more than we all thought was going to happen. <laughs> oh, I knew I loved it. Yeah. We I, knew I Jeremy thought, would come around. Jeremy's yeah, a good guy. I, I, I was waiting for Jeremy to destroy it, like drop an atom bomb on it. I was waiting. <laughs> no, well, I so I saw a meme that was. You remember that template where it listed 
ranked movies, but instead of ranking the movies, it talked about how ranking was an arbitrary process and they weren't. (laughs) So it was like the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe rated from best to worst. And then it's like one rating movies two in this fashion is three, not really a productive four, five, six, blah, blah, blah. And then the last one was Thor 2 Dark World. And so it was like, it was like this, yeah, but we all understand that this one's the worst. Um, and I don't know. That's I awesome. Just, it's I've different. Never seen that. I, I think that's part of it is it's very different. Um, but I don't hmm. think that's a bad thing for them sure. to have diversity sure. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Why is the Incredible Hulk not at the bottom of that list? Well, maybe that wasn't even considered. I don't know. (laughs) They don't even want to put it on the list. Not even worth admitting it into the conversation. Barely canon. Yeah. No. Well, it's funny you say barely canon. I have a comment when we get to Age of Ultron on that one. Mm. Oh, no. I was was reminded of the continuity with General Ross when I watched it again recently with Aaron. Right. Um, And Mm. that, that I think he, he pulls it together. Yeah, gets his head on the shoulders. Yeah, I after kind of hearing our commentary on Liv Tyler, I did watch it with new eyes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Liv Tyler, man! I, I, we've had a lot of discussions about her already, just in a few podcasts. Whew. Yeah, she's been it, a topic of discussion. Did we talk about leftovers already? Briefly. Leftovers. I think What's leftovers? Briefly. It's an HBO show. Um, based on a novel written by Tom Perota and one of the writers is Damon Lindelof. So it kind of feels mm. like Lost, but it's only three seasons. So it's mm. very much a story that had its mm. end decided before it even began. Um, and Liv Tyler plays a pretty prominent role in that. And it's just, her character yeah. is not like I've ever seen her before. It's it's interesting, interesting to watch. Interesting. So it's Lost without the ending of Lost. You know, I, I compare it, the way I say it is it's like a modern analog for Lost. It has a lot of the feeling of Lost. The theme that the Lost writers really liked with these like profound moments with animals that communicated mostly symbolic things happens again where like he's just standing there looking at a deer and he like or a buck and he asks it a question and and Hmm. it doesn't respond you know and so you're always making these conjecture because you know that the writers are willing to take it to goofy places but then it's i almost said it's better than lost the one thing it (laughs) doesn't do is it doesn't cop out on the ending it gives you something well that's good news because lost didn't didn't give me what i wanted yeah i i took me a while to come to terms with how lost ended (laughs) yeah they'll they'll release the unreleased conclusion in a a decade or so so there was there was a uh an epilogue or prologue i forget whichever one comes after must be prologue um that apparently Hmm. wrapped some things up with Hurley and Ben um, hmm. and kind of huh. kind of put a closing on the story and lore of the island more so than the the tr- the series finale did so interesting huh that's cool that's our lost tangent I think I tangent into lost at least once every other podcast <laughs> a little bit oh uh, I'd say probably at least twice <laughs> <laughs> so uh Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier. Bucky. 
you like Bucky? Mm, he's kind of blah for me. Really? His character. Yeah, I I'd like to see his character experience a little bit more development in future movies. Um, I agree with that. A Disney I Plus like, series, I think, is going to give us. I that. like him. They just don't give him much dialogue, and so uh, he, I don't really feel like I know Bucky the way I know most of the characters. Besides the action sequences, he isn't really given much to do, even leading up to uh, Infinity War, because after after him getting in entanglement with you know in Civil War, he goes off to live in Wakanda for however long, yeah. and we're not seeing much, you know, development there. Besides just living amongst Wakandans, yeah, and getting desensitized yeah. or deprogrammed from whatever he had to deal with, I just feel like by by the end of Winter Soldier, I I should feel the same way Captain feels in Civil War about Bucky, and I just don't get there. I can't. I, they I can't. Have childhood together. <laughs> Let the Avengers have one inverted. <laughs> character oh, <laughs> yeah, i think the problem the problem that that you're having al is the fact that bucky is still dealing with all this inner turmoil and he doesn't know how to process it after being frozen and awakened and frozen sure. and awakened after sure. how many years whereas captain america was frozen for that one bit and then came back as himself remembering everything mm-hmm. yeah so, he wasn't brainwashed yeah. I think I think Bucky's mind more so is just mush. Damn it! We'll see. We'll see a lot more of Bucky when it comes to the show. When it comes I can out. buy that. Oh yeah, I can buy that. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm okay with that because Bucky isn't he isn't a major character. After I think I yeah I think I could buy it. And I would I would if if that's what they're aiming for. I, I would like to see them continue to hit on it. Like show show us the mental instability. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I don't know that I would say that he's unstable. Given the circumstances, I think he he's doing pretty well. I mean, yeah. he's self-sacrificial. He's trying his best to mm-hmm. atone for the sins that he's committed that he doesn't even know as he figures them out. Mm-hmm. He has to face <laughs> them continuously. Um, I, I mean, really... even the fact that he chooses to freeze himself again. I think is a testament to his Mm. willingness to self-sacrifice for the safety of others. Um, I just think he's a a stoic guy. He's pretty quiet. And I, I agree with, I agree with Dan on that one. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm just worried. So if we get a show where he gets a ton of screen time and he starts talking a whole lot more, I might like him less. <laughs> that's a that's no. A I, I don't even need him. To, I don't even need him to become an extra. I just even if it's in the context of just little conversations with one character, he ta- he grabs hold of. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I just would like to know more about him. Like like obviously it won't be Cap at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe maybe it'll become Falcon. Who knows. I do think that a big premise of that of the show is going to be him atoning for a bunch of different sins throughout the last 70 years of history to see what big events that he was responsible in causing havoc with Mm -hmm. and making it worse. Yeah. I, Hmm. I think if you remember Bucky in Captain America, the first Avenger was kind of playful and chatty. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I like right. the way he right. interacts yeah. with um, Falcon in 
Is it Civil War? Sure. I guess that must be Civil is War. It, yeah, it is Civil yeah. War. Civil War. Um, yeah. I I really they start love to set the stage. Captain America's yeah. movies. Those probably end up being my favorites. I, I just remember um, when First Avenger came out and I saw it the first time, I I didn't know much about the Captain America story at the time. I didn't really read Captain America comics as much as I should have. Um, so when Bucky had died, I thought he was dead. I didn't know Bucky ultimately I did too. a soldier. I did so too. I remember being very pissed off because they were, they were, they were, they were spending so much time on Bucky. And I was like, you know, now Cap loses a friend. He's going to lose, he's going to lose his girl at the end, which I already knew that was going to happen. Give us a little death Marvel. Yeah. It's like, come on. You know? So I, once that, um, I think it was, a uh, was an after credit sequence. I don't know which movie it was when they actually revealed that Bucky was coming back as the winter soldier. Yeah. Which movie was that? It was an end, it was an end credit scene. Correct. Was it um, oh, Iron Man? Can't remember. Was it no, Man so three? it was. It was the. I think you're thinking of the text at the end of either was it this one or was it Civil War, where it says Winter Soldier will return in Avengers Endgame or something oh. like that. Is that what you're talking about? No, it's when um, when they revealed that Bucky was 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 the Winter Soldier. There was an end credit scene in one of the movies oh. where it teased that he was going to be the Winter Soldier. Yes, when he that's when he was like chopping logs, right? I you mean that. like when they said he's ready and he looked at the arm that that's they it. gifted him? That's it. Yeah. He looked back. We looked back. We only saw part of his face, but you knew obviously. Yeah, him. when he was out at Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And I saw that, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I yeah. was like, "He's back, man." So one of the things I really liked about Captain America: Winter Soldier is how Captain America didn't change much in terms of his personality. He's been pretty consistent, but mm-hmm. his his expertise at the job was very highlighted. Like he, he was kind of clumsy in Captain America one, you know, Mm -hmm. he was, he was running. And the first time he ran, he crashes into that store and Mm -hmm. he's not perfect. You know, he's kind of fumbling around. And then even in Avengers, they make this very marked distinction between him and the other Avengers, you know, they're like gods and stuff. And he's just kind of quirky old Captain America, but he starts this one. He jumps off the plane without his parachute. Yep. He's on the boat. He's handling all of them except for one before they even land. Um, I really loved the way that they just showcased Captain America is a deadly weapon and he's got nothing to live for but the job. But Absolutely. he still holds that um, virtue with him. I like that. Mm. Yeah. But I can definitely see like the way he is kicking people off the boat the way he's throwing knives through people's hands. He's, he's he doesn't have any qualms causing <laughs> he severe was pain. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And it should be noted that the guy he he fights on the ship, the guy named George um Bark Barkoff or something. Barkoff, like that? yeah. That's a GSP. That's a UFC fight. Oh really? Nice. Yeah. Wow. I want to see if it's listed. Huh. I should also note too that a good portion of this movie was shot in Cleveland. That's Ooh, oh, that's right. Awesome. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. They had some tents up. This was back when I was working at, in University Circle. I remember that they were around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, that whole fight where they first fight the Winter Soldier when they're on the bridge and everything, you, you can really, you can tell because just, well, being from Cleveland, you know all the different buildings and it was very easy to tell what was what was cleveland yeah i remember really enjoying seeing yeah that highway north of north of the city that goes to lakewood Mm -hmm. well the first avengers was shot partially in cleveland too right right the scene where um loki shows up to that uh that cost not costume but that with with the suit ball and he's telling everybody to kneel yeah uh there's that shot looking up where terminal towers behind him yeah. And um, if you look down the street when he shoots the cop cars, you can see the Kiowa County Community College signs on the on the um, nice. telephone poles, which is pretty yeah. cool. See, that's much different from Spider-Man when they shot Spider-Man and they did some chase scenes. Spider-Man 3. Was 3. Yeah, with the yeah. Sandman and Venom. They did some chase scenes on Euclid Avenue, but you have you to pause tell. it and you can barely tell. Yeah, it was yeah. a big mm-hmm. letdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, nothing's ever filmed in Minnesota, so we're just uh, <laughs> hey, hey, move hey. to Cleveland, Jeremy. I, I, I know a lot of the Mighty Ducks movies were shot in Minnesota, were they really? Yeah, I mean, the whole movie takes place usually. Hey, that's a that's a claim to fame right there. Yeah. Where's uh, where's Fargo filmed? Uh, Not Fargo, apparently. No, <laughs> no, uh, the movie or the show. Maybe Alaska? Oh, it huh. was in Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Fargo St. Paul. Yeah. Wow. It was? During See? the winter of 1995. There you go. Uh, yep. A, That's what, what we're known year. for. We're, we're known for the 10,000 lakes Fargo. and uh, Fargo. Cleveland has a pretty rich filming history. Deer Hunter was shot a lot in Cleveland. Yeah. So was mm-hmm. uh, A Christmas Story. That house yep. is in mm. Cleveland. Yep. Yeah. Remember that story that our high school band director used to tell, Alistair? No. What was the story? He used to say that um, it's a wonder... No, not it's a wonderful life. A Christmas story. He used to say that that some staff on the movie reached out to him and asked if the Olmstead Falls marching band would march in that movie but it was really? they they filmed it like not near christmas at all and they wanted them to wear christmas stuff and they he apparently was like oh that's weird we're not doing that he didn't do it. <laughs> well so i i always wondered if it was true or not mm. yeah why would you say no to that just but because of the costumes the yeah. Yeah. oh you know what i found another one for for minnesota jingle all the way was filmed at the mall Ooh. of america i like that movie i actually like nice. that movie <laughs> I try to watch that once every time. Oh, there's a lot going on for Minnesota. <laughs> hey, that movie was also two years before Jake Lloyd played Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> oh. That's a, that's a so, funny nestling into your time now. Yeah, why not? We were just preparing ourselves for the Anakin Skywalker. Are there are there any movies that are up and coming in Cleveland, Mike? I feel like you know this stuff. Um, there was a Bruce Willis movie due to be shot here right before the pandemic. Huh. Um I don't know if that's still going to happen here or not. I don't know because I haven't heard anything on that. As of right now, everything is pretty much held up. So I didn't realize Bruce Willis was still around. Probably another, uh, another probably dead. another Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I would love the shot Die Hard movie in Cleveland. That'd be freaking awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> he'll fall off the terminal tower. They'll blow a big hole in the side of the terminal tower. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I this one I think 
comes out as stands out as a political thriller almost uniquely mm. from the different sure. movies Agreed. And I think Civil War has that characteristic to it too, but this one definitely was the one that that scratched that political drama itch for me. Um, probably most notably the elevator scene. Yes, he's slowly oh, so realizing they're turning against him. I thought that was really cool. And the way that gets replayed in Endgame is just awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, yeah. Endgame did that really well. They made me not <laughs> care that they didn't handle Paradox well at all. <laughs> Damn, what was that movie that you recommended for time travel? Oh, Primer. Primer. Yeah, it was okay. it um the same guy I think he wrote in Living Color. I wanna say Aronofsky. That doesn't sound right. Oh, Darren Aronofsky? Primer film. Um, yeah, I added that to my watch list. I'm gonna definitely check it out. It's For so sure. it's Shane Shane Carruth. Upstream Color was the other one he did. Shane Carruth, but yeah, it's it's like a an indie time travel movie that I think they only used like fifteen grand for the budget or something. Wow. Um, but it it was it's probably one of the better time travel movies in terms of its attention nice. to detail. I'll have to look at that one. So um, you're saying so you're saying Back to the Future was full of shit? I you know what? <laughs> I've never seen them. No. Are you I serious? <laughs> I know. What? I know. My brother and I just went through this oh. like a week ago where he he mentioned it somehow Man. and I was like, yeah, I never seen those. I've seen parts of them on TV. I, I understand that's one of my my great deficiencies as a movie. How watcher. do I unfriend someone? <laughs> you know what? Just for that, you know what? After the Marvel retrospective, we got to do Back to the Future now because Back you got to watch sure. them. That's that fair. would be Back fun. That would be fun. Yeah, that's fair. Love, yeah. love Back to the Future. Okay, so it's a given. Back to the Future's next. <laughs> nice. So now, so now Dan's got to watch them. <laughs> um, You'll love them. You'll love them. Yeah, he's gonna read. He's gonna read synopses of the uh, movies. No, and- I won't. I don't. Notes. I mean, I know a little bit. I know the whole trope of like he, the one scene I know for sure is the electric guitar thing, the Chuck Berry scene, and yeah. then yeah. I think there's something about like his mom comes on to him, like he. Yeah, that's number one. Yeah, something like that. So yep. those are the only two things I know, though. Yeah, okay. you'll, you'll, be in, you'll be in for a treat. Yeah, sequel, hopefully, sequel, hopefully sequel there's track. more hopefully. than that. <laughs> um, yeah, the mom, the mom and Chuck, Chuck Berry, not exactly a winning combo, I guess. They are all very, very different. Yeah, yeah. they're 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 good movies. I, w- I would say they d- the first one didn't age well is probably the best way to put it. Sure, but sure. Other than that, it could pro- it gets progressively better. I feel like through the trilogy. Part, part yeah. two was always one of my favorites because I love the fact they go to the future and then it, it affects the past. I won't get one too much. Yeah. I've always liked mm. the second one. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. Okay, anyway. so any more Wizard or Soldier notes? Well, so I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least break down the slew of potential future movies they talk about on the roof with that so the ships um, and how they can identify people of interest, how the system yes. can. And I'm pretty sure they talk about Dr. Strange. 
Oh, really? Um, I must have missed that. I missed that too. Well, so they they mentioned them all vaguely. I'm actually I should have I should have been prepared with it. Um, but so hmm. when 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 Falcon and Natasha are up on the roof, and he's like, "You're not going to drop me off," and he's like, "No, I'm not." But then Natasha shoves him, and then Falcon picks him up, and that's mm-hmm. when he flips on the senator. Um, I feel like I'm almost there. Yeah, here we go. Drops names. When Agent Sitwell is being given a brief rooftop interrogation by Cap, Falcon, and Widow, he reveals Hydra's plan to target and eliminate all men and women who could one day pose a threat to their organization. Among the likes of Tony Stark and Bruce Banner, Sitwell also refers to to Stephen Strange. Um, And then he also talks about... um, Stephen Trange isn't the only character alluded to. He mentions a valedictorian in Iowa City and a man located in Cairo, Egypt. Um, and they they figure that the Egypt uh, could be Mark Spector. Mm. And then, so huh. I, I guess that would mean that Doctor Strange, the movie, then is a prequel to Winter Soldier then. Um, Moon Knight. Moon Knight, uh, yes. Moon Knight. That's the character, yep. So would that would that be right then? Doctor Strange, the whole movie is a prequel to Winter Soldier then? Because well, I, I'd say it'd have to be. Well, no, no, no. Basically the system, the the um watchtower yeah. is capable of identifying people who could potentially be threats in the future. Mm. I think. Like almost like it predicts the future? Well, it's, it's it, kind of that whole idea of... Is it an algorithm? Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the fatalist perspective of if you have enough information, then you can predict anything that's going to happen given enough information. Yeah, so Zola... identified Stephen Strange. Zola was the one who had, who had said it was an algorithm of judging their past would basically predict their future. Yeah. It's just interesting that they would pick Strange. Which leads me to one of my harshest criticisms, which, of course, you all know is not going to be that bad. Um, <laughs> but the the representation of Zola in, yeah. in Marvel was just a little bit too much the realism route for me. Because mm. um, he should have been. Let me see if I can just pull up a piece of art for it give you guys an idea of it okay i'll just send you the link mike since you're better at okay oh yeah yep he just was so much he was so creative looking in in the art Mm -hmm. before the movie Um, and so I thought, because that's one of the problems I have with DC is I think they took everything a little bit too seriously and didn't allow things like the Lazarus Pit to be mystical or magical in any sense. Um, they all went the Joker route, which the Joker in, is is mysterious in and of himself just because you know so little about him. But Interesting. Yeah, so see how he was like kind of a goofy looking villain type? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I want to let oh. you guys know uh, some comments came in through our live feed. All right. Cool. Already. Um, Olivia, your uh, your sister, 
uh, Alistair made a comment. Yeah. Um, she said, sounds like the most recent season of Westworld predicting human behavior with AI. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Oh. Uh, my mom said, yes, you guys are doing Back to the Future. <laughs> uh, it's settled. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Kendall Marie D- Domenko says, Bucky, with big exclamation points and hearts. <laughs> I feel that way about Bucky, too. <laughs> Bucky deserves a lot more love than, than uh, Alistair is giving him. So, my Thank you, thank you, viewers. Bucky was as Carter Bazin on Gossip Girl. Any of you guys watch huh. Gossip Girl? Nope. I've seen, uh, I think I've I saw seen a few episodes, season. sadly. A guilty yeah. pleasure. <laughs> you know, the sad thing is, I actually have considered watching that show because I actually. No, Mike. There's so many other shows. <laughs> oh, I, I'm watching Galactico over again, and okay, I'm enjoying so that, by the way. I, here's my recommendation great. for Gossip Girl it's. Censor this, Mike. Censor this for our viewers' sake, if nothing else. <laughs> the character arcs are good. Yes, the show is ultimately like trashy. Oh, um, it's it's soapy as hell. It's so trashy, but <laughs> the character arcs are pretty good. I feel like they exposed a lot of new music at the time. Like they picked cool songs for the time that the show was made. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, you get an episode that's just written really well. Uh, particularly the finale, and to get to the finale, you got to get through it all. So, I do know ultimately who ends up being the gossip girl because I saw that revealed when the show ended, unfortunately. But the reveal so. is still done well, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, you know they got a uh, they got a spinoff coming out. It's going to be a, con- a continuation of the story. I have zero interest in it. Yeah, I, I, I I'm kind of yeah. like, isn't that already kind of played? It, didn't they just? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm just nervous that. Yeah, I the the first one was already bad, and I just somehow didn't hate it and ended up liking it a lot. A you couldn't look away. Really into it, yeah. Um, so then the last thing I wanted to talk about for Captain America, or mm-hmm. two things actually. The first is just something that I wondered. So the woman that is next door to Captain America, who is mm-hmm. Agent Carter's niece, or mm-hmm. niece. Or yep. Niece. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the the woman's name in the show, but it's the woman that Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter, yeah. Yep. Yep. Does he date her? Does he have a a relationship with her? Thankfully, never too seriously. I always thought that was kind of weird. Well, the whole (laughs) thing too. Explain that to Peggy. (laughs) I know that's that's why I'm glad it didn't become serious because if it had become much more serious, it would have been really. Didn't, didn't, he, <laughs> didn't he kiss her in Civil War? He did. He did. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. it was just a, a kiss of endearment. No, I, <laughs> I don't think so. It, 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 it didn't look like she was it was some kiss of endearment to her. It sounds like she was you know, like, 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 oh the, like the Italians do. Just on the oh, no, that, no. You said that about a kiss recently. Oh, yeah, the Star Wars. Right, the Star Wars. Yeah. I don't buy that. That's bullcrap. People don't just, like, kiss as friends. This is in Italy. Or, no. Don't you know? Yeah, Ray's and Kylo's kiss was just endearing. It was just a moment. I'll Before believe what I want to believe. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, shit. Kisses of endearment. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah, even even Hello, Cassie boots. looked at me weird from the other side of the room. <laughs> uh, hey, Rocco. Rocco decided to join me. Rocco. Do you have any, do you have any thoughts, Rocco? Yeah, I'm enjoying this little scratch rub I'm getting here. <laughs> so then the last thing, and this is just a tidbit that I thought was cool. I probably mm -hmm. should have pulled it up so I could talk about specifics. But when Anthony Mackie recommends that jazz album to Captain mm -hmm. America and he writes it on his quote-unquote list, mm -hmm. that list was different based on the region. The there region... Yeah, yep. there was an Asian list, a UK list, and an American list. And oh, they really? all had different yeah. like pop culture moments wow. and things. Um, well, I'll just pull it up. Captain I remember seeing that That's America's awesome. list in Winter Soldier. And so like he said Star Wars, and it was like, Yeah, okay, here you go. So in America we all saw that list, obviously. I Love Lucy, The Moon Landing, Berlin Wall, Steve Jobs, Disco, Thai Food, Star Wars, Slash Trek, Nirvana, Rocky, and Trouble Man soundtrack. In the UK, they saw... Um, what's that first one? It's cut off. TV show Sherlock, maybe? Moon Landing, The Beatles, World Cup Final 1966, Sean Connery, Thai Food, the one true thing star wars slash trek but star wars isn't crossed out nirvana rocky 2 and trouble man soundtrack so huh. i thought oh i guess they didn't have an asian region list too that's cool though Interesting. yeah i just thought it was funny they changed out i love lucy for sherlock <laughs> i think they had one for australia too yeah this business insider article only has two but i swear i've seen pictures of like three of them Steve Irwin, Skippy the Bush Kangaroo, Tim Tams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was UK, Ireland. They had a Southern Korea one that was G-Sung <laughs> Old Boy. What? Yeah, so here's all the regions. United States and Canada shared one. The UK and Ireland. South Korea had a list. Spain had a list. Latin America, Italy, Australia, and New Zealand, Russia, France, Brazil, Germany. Oh, gosh. That's a funny strike. Mm -hmm. I never like, realized. Really like Germany has currywurst on it <laughs> and Oktoberfest. <laughs> Brazil had um, Mamona Sessacinas. Now, how did you find this out, Dan? Were you watching like the Spanish version or? No, I don't remember when I when I found that Easter egg. It probably cool. was a work conversation at my last job because we would talk movies a lot. That's cool. It's a good Easter egg. That is a good Easter egg. Oh, that's cool. Russia has the Soviet Union dissolution in 91. That would be pretty relevant for, <laughs> for yeah. someone who fought against the axes of evil. All right. Well, uh, moving on to Marvel Star Wars. Wait, what? Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. <laughs> ah, nope. yeah. Nice. Yeah. In other words, my possibly least don't, favorite. Don't, oh, don't really? say it. Yeah. Yeah. You what? know, I think what? I I think that Guardians is a great example of of how music can really influence uh, the overall experience because I yeah. loved Guardians. I do and too. I and I and I do wonder if I would if I would say the same if the soundtrack wasn't was 
different than it is if it was just kind of like a generic soundtrack instead of yeah. using all these different oldies oldies I, songs i, just, I think yeah. i think you're I, right. I, the music I his and, entrance yeah yeah the music plus the color palette plus chris pratt's personality um and then yeah maybe that was all i had in mind but i feel like a lot of things came together to make that great the only reason i say it's my least favorite is because guardians volume two is pretty much the same movie um with like the the arc and the flow just better in my opinion there's some things i like better Mm, about the first but ultimately yeah yeah yeah. Hmm. what'd y'all think of ronan I didn't really enjoy him too much. Am I saying his name correctly? Uh, I yeah. think so. Ronan, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. see. It just I seemed like... kind of like a two-dimensional villain to me. Generic. <laughs> Very generic. Yeah. He, sure. he, I think he, he was just someone for them to fight. There was no... Um, I think the most of the movie was more likely the... Um, the banter between all of them. Because they never seemed to actually all get along at one point. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what the f- the main focus is on is the team and not the bad guy. Sure. So I did. I, I think one of my favorite lines in. Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you. I was I was gonna say one of my favorite move uh, lines in all of Marvel is when they all are finally standing up in agreement, and um, oh, uh, it's when he says, "Now look at us, we're just a bunch of idiots standing in a circle." <laughs> yeah. That is pretty good. I love that line. Every time, every time I hear it, it makes I just bust up. Guardians <laughs> definitely has the most complete cast on its own. Yeah. Um, I think Thor comes close with like Lady Sid and the Warriors Three, and then they have like Jane and her intern and Doctor Selvig. But I think Guardians definitely has the most unique and multi-personality cast. And that really helps it stand alone, which it does. Sure, sure. You know, watching Guardians again, too, it it is so evident now that that Ragnarok was so inspired by Guardians. Yeah. I mean, everything. Like you said before, the color palette, just the kind of the humor, um, the techno music used in Ragnarok is very Guardians-ish. Mm-hmm. It's Thor. Thor basically is is Guardians three in a way. Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. It, it in a lot of ways. It is. Yeah. Well, and it seems to me like as Guardians of the Galaxy, now titled Love and Thunder. Is that what it's called? <sighs> yeah, I would have loved to see um, called Asgard. I think I think it's basically like Galaxy and Thor four. You know. Yeah. Well, I don't like that James Gunn said that. He said, yeah, it's not going to be called as Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, why? That's perfect. It should That's have been. perfect title. It's right in front of you. And you're gonna say, I oh, wonder I wonder if they'd have to pay extra um, royalties. I don't really know how all that stuff shakes out, but if yeah. they need it right after the comics, I, I wonder. Hmm. Well, I think Love and Thunder for Thor, I think Love and Thunder is a name of one of the, of the comic books. Oh, okay. I, I believe it is. I think that's why why they titled it that. I, I usually say I hope, hope so because if they just named it that just on a pure idea, I gotta yeah. agree with Alistair. That's absurd. It better be a comic title. Okay, guys, we've all put our votes into a hat. Time to draw. <laughs> <laughs> love and thunder. Love and thunder. Love and thunder. Something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, I liked Ronan. I want to go back to Ronan because I liked Ronan and I'm intrigued. I'm always intrigued at the religious zealot as villain motif. Sure. I think like that's Frollo. It's yeah. just who wait, who's Frollo? Judge Lord Frollo from Quasimodo. Hunchbang and oh, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Javert. <laughs> and and I think it's it's really cool just to see that, to see his you know zealous monkhood, whatever he is, mm-hmm. juxtaposed against the goofiness of that crew. Like yeah. he's one of the only villains that when they start a dance off, it would be so beneath him that he's like, What are you, what are you doing? doing? Yeah. <laughs> he he doing? is I think the reason that it, some of us feel that Ronan doesn't work is because he's not a villain that's really taken seriously right in yeah in the biggest part of it because i mean yeah they the guardians viewed him as a threat but they handle it in the most unorthodox ways yeah but doesn't that say more about the guardians than it does about um ronin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and so I, I feel like even more so the guardians take him out of the spotlight as the villain sure yeah well mm-hmm. and then even more so in the context of the whole universe Ronan is just some loser henchman sure. of Thanos. So that that because I feel like he felt really powerful the first time I watched Guardians. I was like, wow, this guy's a powerful enemy. It may have been the first time that somebody was was so brazenly using a stone for their own mm-hmm. aims. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like when Loki used it in his staff, we didn't necessarily know what it was. The Tesseract mm-hmm. seemed to be unwieldy and challenging to control. You know, mm-hmm. the ether kind of had a mind of its own, but then here we get the power stone and Ronan puts it in his, in his mallet and uses it as a war hammer. I, right. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, huh. And the right. fact that he like, took that and braced it made me feel like he was a pretty powerful guy but then he just gets dwarfed by thanos i mm-hmm. thought that was mm. that was well done for me yeah well i think one of the one of the things that marvel's always done um is that a lot of people seem to have agreed that villains have kind of been their weakest their weakest trait um because if you look at the, all the villains and all the movies i mean of course thanos is the ultimate bad guy uh you, so you think villains are their weakest trait even still? Uh, yes and no. I, I think some movies definitely do them better than others. I think some of the movies definitely have some pretty fairly weak villains. Um, but see, the movie around it makes up for that, though. Because in a lot of movies, the villains, a bad villain could ruin a movie. Um, I don't think any... Justice movies... League. <laughs> Good case in point. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think the villains ruin any of these movies, though. I don't think it brings any one of them down, even even for some of the movies that are that are weaker than others. Yeah, and that's kind of impressive. That's just good writing on Marvel's part because the heroes being written outdoes the weakness of how the villains written. It outdoes it completely. So it's interesting because I think Age of Ultron. Well. So the Winter Soldier, the villain is much more an organization than a villain. I think right. that's written wonderfully. Yes. Yeah. Age of Ultron is probably the first singular person villain that I find very compelling. I really, I just oh, love gosh. James Spader. You and me um, both. Ultron yeah. was great. 
And so mm. maybe Ant-Man doesn't, I know Ant-Man's villain doesn't even reach that. Like no. corporate greed is no. not a compelling villain. Not at but all. I think Civil War is amazing because it's the group kind of against themselves. It's the, the villain is really a right. wrong understanding of what they are and just mm-hmm. a misinformed ideology. But but from from Spider-Man homecoming on, I think the villains are phenomenal, are fantastic. Now, what what followed Homecoming? Yes. What were the villains following Homecoming? Uh, so was, it was it was uh, it was um, Hella. Hella. Well, so I think Homecoming is good to mention too because that was the first time where I was like, yeah, this guy is doing bad stuff, but I kind of get it. Like he's I, made, and it's Michael Keaton. I mean, yeah, he did a great job, and he was he was a villain you could sympathize with. Obviously, it was good he's brought to justice, but you're like, man, that's. That's not the worst villain, but then it was Hella and Ragnarok. Good. It was um, Jordan Cooper. It, it was Warmonger mm-hmm. in, um, or no, not Warmonger. What was his uh, name? Um, Killmonger. Killmonger. Yeah. Um, and then Infinity War was mm-hmm. Thanos, which was amazing. Amazing. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp. I. Oh, that's right. It was, was the, um, the ghost or something like that. Uh, yeah, but the... who was the older guy? It's been, it's, been a, it's been a while since I've watched the watch. Darren, yeah. Darren Lawrence, Cross? It was Larry Fishburne. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so I, I guess those that section of villains, probably before Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I think mm-hmm. Thanos, yeah. I think Hela, I think mm-hmm. uh, Jordan B. Cooper. I just loved a lot of the Phase 3 villains a lot. Yeah. yeah. Because if, because if you look at the big picture too, like like we agree, Iron Man three. I mean, you you liked him, Dan, but that that to me, you know, the, with the cop out of how that went, yeah. that was a little, little bothersome to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Jeff Bridges is great in Iron Man one, but I mean, is he a great villain? No, no. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing with the evolving villains when it comes to these movies. If you're looking at Iron Man, like post infinity war versus obadiah stain in iron man one there'd be no contest no iron man would have kicked his sorry ass right out the window true <laughs> you're looking you can't base you got to base them on where they were you can't base them on where they are currently that's it's an unfair right. contest because they need to work their way up to these big time villains they can't well, that, just that's true that's true i i just i just think obadiah as a whole is just not a strong villain. Again, it goes back to being a corporate villain. He's very much a corporate villain. It's yeah. more about him taking over Stark Industries than it is about anything else. He's power hungry. Very mm-hmm. much like you said in, in Ant-Man. It's, it's kind of the yeah. same kind of philosophy. But Jeff Bridges being as good as he is, it takes away from the fact that Obadiah is just okay because he's Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, like Gar- Guardians, you, you liked Ronan Dan. Ronan, Ronan's okay. I, I mean, don't think he's deep. He's no, not he, deep he, by any means. He's but... a very, very two-dimensional character. Yeah. Yeah. But and then, then I mean, a red gosh, skull cast. Think, think about the cast of not villains, but just ambiguous, like Nebula, um, even even Zandu. Um, is that his name? Zandu. Yandu. 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 I was like, that's Zandu. <laughs> You're trying to get Xandar and Yandu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just all the, that cast of people who are, even Gamora, you're like, are, are these good guys? Are these, they just really start to allow complexity in the characters that 
takes True. them away from that. He is evil. He is good. Mm-hmm. I, and I think maybe that started with civil war. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, let's see. Uh, any other notes of relevance to guardians? No. Uh, guardians is a great film. Yeah. I, I love guardians. So yeah, I don't have much bad to say about it. It's the only thing is it's very insular. It's Guardians and Guardians 2 before you even really see them start coming together. Mm-hmm. Like Civil War. I mean, Civil War included um, uh, both Black Panther and Spider-Man before their solo movies came yep. out. True. And not a single Guardians character. Civil War broke me. <laughs> Civil War broke me to the core. Yeah, that, that I remember seeing that one in theaters. That was good. It was just awesome. Heck, I didn't Iron even. It. I didn't even have to see the movie yet. I I was broken from the trailer. I was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> that that moment at the end when when uh, Cap and Iron Man are fighting and yeah, uh, oh that moment. That, that's a powerful powerful scene. Mm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Mm. Um. Okay. Well, that leads us to Avengers: Age of Ultron. Hmm. So or this shall I features say? one of my favorite <laughs> friendships between Natasha and Hawkeye. Yes. I just, I was, I, I had my bachelor party this past weekend. We got talking about it and it seems For like quite nobody, some time. seems like nobody <laughs> in the room agreed with me that Natasha and, and Hawkeye had a compelling relationship, but I, I think the history of he was supposed to kill her and he didn't. And Mm -hmm. then they just kind of worked this forgiveness and redemption with one another, constantly supporting one another. You'll notice in age of Ultron, when Natasha is talking to Hulk, she has a little um, arrow necklace on, and I can't help, but think that's a hat tip to her friendship with Clint. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I just love their relationship. I love where it gets taken and I love how they break my heart with it. I, I feel it's too bad we'll never see a Budapest film. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, who knows? Maybe we will. Never yeah, know. We'll see. Um, I love I love James Spader as Ultron. I do I'm, too. I can't. I can never get past James Spader. It doesn't hurt that I've been going through Blacklist, and you so and me both. <laughs> so I'm in like season three right now. James Spader was just a perfect uh, matching for that. Mm-hmm. I could I could see uh, I could see Ultron looking like his character in uh, in Blacklist if he were if he were human I could just see yeah. him looking like that because the way, way way James Spader commands presence when he comes into the room yeah. is what Ultron does he, it's, mm. that that just projects it's just his voice in the movie but yet when Ultron is in the room you feel like James Spader is in the room with you. Yeah. Yeah. One of my cinephile friends recently said that is the shame is that it wasn't James Spader. It was a CG rendering of Ultron. And so one of his skills, uh, my friend John says, chewing the scenery. And you don't really get to see that because he's CG, but I still think the voice does it really well. The, The moment he wakes up, I just love his character. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that even though he is an AI, he's kind of still 
discovering what he is supposed to do he has some quirks to him he's not completely perfect like he when he um when he like chops off that guy's arm when he's being compared to tony stark it's don't compare me to tony stark like it's he has a very big problem with that you really captured spader's inflection right there jeremy i i will okay so i'm gonna put in another plug here because i'm me i was last week put on um a dungeons and dragons podcast for a one shot uh, and for and I had a perfect voice. I wanted to use James Spader's voice, but I could not, for the life of me, nail that inflection to nail his commanding presence. <laughs> and I want to. It is it is something I'm going to strive for for the rest of my life. Yeah, <laughs> because his voice is so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I what you what you're saying about him being so flawed. I really. This time around, because the first time I watched um, Avengers 2 Age of Ultron, it was not my favorite. The mm-hmm. second time it got better, each consecutive, each successive watch through, I think it's gotten better and better. This time I really noticed the human elements of of um, Ultron and how some of the characters were even comparing him to Stark, like Scarlet, which was like, you know, yeah where do you, he wants to destroy the world to save it where do you think he got that idea from but yeah the way he's yelling the way mm-hmm. he's um a little bit pride and has this grandeur scheme to him um mm-hmm. i mean he yeah. is just an angry side to him to where it just doesn't like you understand where he's coming from because he has that protocol written in but the the outbursts that he has like even when captain america's is jumping on the truck just says leave me alone like it's a sense of urgency that he's just like this is a pest i want you gone yeah Mm -hmm. this movie is very underrated and very underappreciated i i i think i think that the movie was living in the avengers shadow because the avengers was something so new and never been done before so now it's the sequel to that and we all know a lot of times sequels never live up to what we want them to be um and then look at then you got Infinity War and Endgame. So yet again, Age of Ultron is in the shadow of those three movies, and this gets p- uh, pushed away like the ugly stepsister. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just like, and it shouldn't because, like you said, James Spader's villain role is just so good. Yeah, it's definitely an Avengers level incident. <laughs> yeah, because you know the thing of it is, if people would say, "Oh, he doesn't compare to Thanos," that that's not even that's not well, even fair. It's not even a fair Earth. comparison because. They are two totally different villains. They sure. are on a completely different level from each other. But why can't we look at them as being what their motivation was? I think if Eltron succeeded, he would have kicked Thanos' ass. Yeah. I think, I think he, I mean, it's, yeah, certainly possible know. that he, I think, I think he would have at the very least drastically altered the fate of Earth. Um, well, so let's succeeded. not forget that the, body that ultron was building for himself was vision Mm -hmm. and so you had a level-headed more noble version of ultron potentially just as strong as ultron could have been maybe minus Mm -hmm. the vibranium Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel like they did a really good job of making sure we knew that thanos's starting place in infinity war 
was pretty much unstoppable. I mean, he <laughs> beat the Hulk hand to hand. Yeah. That was without Infinity Stones. And that was without um without Veronica too. So like mm. Iron Man couldn't even do it without leveling a city and a building. I think Thanos deserves his due. He's he's quite the foe. Oh yeah, no no question about it. Like Thanos is Thanos is pretty much the ultimate Marvel villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you talked can... about Galacticus at all, Mike? Galactus? Galacticus? We that's have the... not in the show, and I don't think they have in the that's one of the Thanos killers, right? Yeah, isn't um, that isn't that a Fantastic Four villain? It is. It, it he's a Fantastic Four villain, and yeah, he's and he's he... also galactic level like Thanos is. Silver so Surfer that... is the precursor to Galacticus. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure what their relationship is. They they might not have. Are they interconnected in the Marvel universe? I I feel like they well, might Galacticus be. is one of the is one of the Thanos killers. So throughout Marvel comics, there's a a number of people who are able to defeat and kill um kill thanos and he's one of them mm-hmm. interesting um oh. and another one of them oddly enough is um gosh dave batista's so, character uh, uh drax drax yeah drax mm-hmm. was a thanos killer in the comics but they kind of really? took drax the funny route yeah yeah wow hmm. interesting oh. i mean there's only so many um you know, MacGuffins you can put in a, into a universe to defeat <laughs> the big, the big baddie. Sure. I, I think in a comic too, didn't Nebula also kill Thanos as well? I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying I'm to find a list that. of Thanos killers. How did they? How did all these people kill Thanos? Good question. How did that? Is it, is it like a multiverse kind of deal? Yeah, why did that happen with so many different people? It had to have been a multiverse, I would think. It. Well, I mean, comics by their very nature, because they're kind of modern graphical versions of myth, and myth is multiform. So they, you know, mm. different, different. Yeah, funny. they're rebooting arcs all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, huh. Interesting. Yeah. So in these different arcs, like Thanos is in. The Infinity Saga, Annihilation, Thanos Imperative, The Infinity Conflict, Ultimates, and the Civil War, Thanos Returns. So there's there's plenty of arcs. I, I especially found it interesting when I uh, discovered the alternate or the alternate reality where Thanos won the Infinity War. No, really. And killed all the Avengers, and basically anyone else was sent down into like a giant pit against a against the Hulk, basically, and the Hulk would basically rip everybody else to shreds. Oh my gosh! Jeez. Yeah, it was kind of insane. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So it was in Annihilation. Drax the Destroyer kills Thanos before he can. Um before he can use the power cosmic to destroy all life so in that one thanos wants to to be the sole survivor interesting yeah thanos is uh comes from the greek word for death oh that's fitting for him that's cool yeah yeah i'll be curious to see how when fantastic four gets incorporated into this uh if Galacticus is going to be used, because I, I, Silver Surfer's definitely got to be used. It's hard to do Fantastic mm. Four and not incorporate Silver Surfer into the story. Yeah, mm. right. 
So, and if Silver Surfer right. comes in, then Galacticus, I would assume, would have to come in eventually, too. They've just got to do Fantastic Four well one of these times. <laughs> yeah, they're very much 0 for 2. And that last one. Third time's the charm. Oh my God, that last one was so awful. Oh, that, that, that could be a two-hour podcast on how not to make a superhero movie. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, should we move on to uh, the final uh, movie of Phase 2, Ant-Man? Before we do, I just have to commend Age of Ultron for really making a mess of things physically. Like, they Mm -hmm. caused a ton of damage. Oh, I was just going to say that. Yeah. The fact that that Civil War starts from that place. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, that that was was phenomenal. Because Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you remember, Al, the Marvel... TV shows on Netflix would kind of reference the New York event and how, yep. you mm-hmm. know, Hell's Kitchen got totally destroyed during Avengers 1 and what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought even lip service to something like that was cool, but the fact that the entire root story element for Civil War was from the destruction that they had been causing, yeah. that, that gave such a level of continuity to the series. I, yeah, I love yeah. that too. I, I feel like there have been very few um, movies, TV shows, I guess the whole superhero genre that have dealt with the, the implications of yeah. superhero and supervillain fights. Well, um, and it, and I, thought, it, I thought that was yeah. really cool too. It adds to Stark's position because I think he's wrong. Obviously. It does. <laughs> you think he's wrong? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. I think I think Civil War is the one place where Cap is dead wrong. No, Captain America is. Oh, oh man. boy. Save I, it for Phase Three. Part I know oh, yeah. the next let's, debate let's we're gonna hold have. Hold it up. Hold it up. Yeah. Yeah. Save that debate for Phase Three. We got ourselves wow. a huge discussion there. I didn't realize that you were so wrong, Al. I love I love Cap, but yeah, I can't can't get on board. I, I will let you know where War. I stand after I watch that again. <laughs> I'm so shocked that you think that. I'm going to hold it all, but gosh. All right, let's move on to Ant-Man. Let's wrap I, this up. I need I, to get out of here. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Ant-Man was a very it, it felt minuscule compared to Age it of did. Oh, God, I, I enjoyed it, but it does feel like a filler to keep kind of like movies mm-hmm. rolling out a little bit. And I, I don't know yeah. how it wasn't really taking itself seriously either like because paul rudd is the main character i don't think i don't don't think there's any way ant-man could have taken itself seriously see i think he does a great job as 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 Mm -hmm. skirting the line between humor and drama here's here's what i think is good about ant-man they don't pretend that in just because it's phase two for everyone else that they can introduce a character with the depth and controversy of all the other phase two movies. I mean, this yeah. is the third Iron Man we've seen, the second sure. more, but the third movie he's been in. We know these characters. We've seen the whole infancy stage, the innocent stage. Sure. So the fact that they were willing to take it so late in the game and say, yeah, but here's a new guy who doesn't really know everything that's going on at the galactic level. Mm-hmm. I thought that was smart. That was a good choice to not pretend like you could just throw three characters who hadn't been into in the movie into justice or marvel (laughs) like that was because that's the alternative is to say hey here's cyborg here's the flash here's uh aquaman you haven't heard of these characters but they're here of them let's throw them into this (laughs) drama without giving them (laughs) yep that's true that's a good point we've seen that play out 
Because mm-hmm. I think he grows into a pretty excellent part of even Civil War, one movie later. I think he does really well blending, but they just needed to give him that on-ramp. I think the, the villain of Ant-Man is the weakest in the entire of Phase 2. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And Phase 2, no question about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I watched it today, and I still couldn't tell you his name. Yeah, I don't know his name either. That guy from House of Cards. There was a that villain guy. in Ant-Man? Yeah, that yeah. guy. The the guy in the yellow jacket or something like that. Yeah, that's his name. I can't... It's like Jeremy John. You're throwing me under the bus here. I get oh, it. no, I that's your name. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, this, this movie Darren. Was... It's Darren Cross. Darren Cross. J- Jeremy. The... Um... <laughs> Uh, the, the movie ended up being a lot better than I anticipated. When the, when the trailer came out, I I didn't really expect much from it. I, I, I walked out a little bit more encouraged by it than I would ever thought. I thought I was going to walk out and go, eh, you know, whatever. But I ended up being a lot better than I thought. I think Paul Rudd helped that because I like Paul yeah. Rudd as an actor. Um, yeah. But I am glad, though, that this didn't start a new phase, though, because this would have been a weak opening to a phase, Ooh, especially phase sure. three. Um, but if you compare this movie, this is supposed to be the closing of phase two. If you compare it to the other closing films of the other two phases, it definitely pales in comparison. It's very weak mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, Spider-Man Far From Home, you know, did a great job of ending that whole uh, Peter Parker and, and Tony Stark relationship and how much he really felt like Man, he really needed him to swing on from it. So I'm not listening. What? Oh, D- Danny hasn't seen Far From Home yet. Oh. Okay. Never mind. No, no more. No Go more. ahead and no talk more. No about more. it. Move on. No more. I won't say no more. No more. Did but you I'm... tell? Did you tell him how Gwen dies in Far From oh. Home? <laughs> that broke my heart uh, in the Andrew Garfield Spider Man's. <laughs> I think it's because I'm an Emma Stone. Yeah. Fan. Why it really hurt? Yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Snap hurt around the world. So I. <laughs> Alistair, you're terrible. Oh gosh. <laughs> and um, there is your it's sticky moment of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I I felt where Ant-Man wasn't crazy deep. It wasn't it wasn't Marvel caliber based on, like you said, the endings of the phases or where Marvel was at the current time. But one thing it was was awesome to watch that was a beautiful movie and those effects were so cool like yeah. they were cool like the yeah. train riding on the track and it's this yeah thing and then it switches to real life and it's like could you... <laughs> it was the I first just, marvel yeah. heist movie yeah there you go there's another yeah. one there it is that's true yeah that that fight scene what you're right dan that those were pretty cool yeah, yeah oh, i'm real laughing at that part it probably has some of the best actual best effects in the movies, actually, because it's the, yeah. the way the way they just transition from being big to small and, and the set designs and how everything's intermixed. It doesn't look fake at all. Everything and looks. I love yeah. I love all yeah. the ants. The ants were yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's a great example of how, if handled correctly, you can introduce things that are fantastical without the movie feeling super lame. Because I think that's DC's fear is that they, if they introduce these unusual or supernatural or crazy science fiction elements, that it takes away from the immersiveness or rawness of the movie. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, Though Mm. I guess Ant-Man wasn't really raw. No, but you know what? Ant-Man, for what it is, though, I'll take it for what it is. 
if, yeah. if I don't if I don't compare it to what came before it, it's a good starter movie for 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 a mini little you know trilogy that's probably going to come out of it. I don't know if there's even going to be an Ant Man three at this. There rate. is. Yeah, they're, there is. they're yeah they're planning a sequel with, with the Wasp as well. Nice. Well, there you go. So there you we'll go. So yeah, goes. yeah. I'll be I'll be curious to see how that storyline goes with the with him. Yeah. But uh. No. Yeah, and honestly, the heist element to it was kind of like a shadow of the direction that they took um, Endgame, because that was a, a time heist mm-hmm. in a sense, you know? Yeah, so that's true. The same kind of planning and execution oh. and synchronization that a heist movie has, and I think Ant-Man is the only real precursor to that in the series. Mm-hmm. A lot of the events from Ant-Man, you play a huge part in that. Yeah. Overall, I think phase two is a really strong phase Hmm. with a lot of, and and I also note with a lot of underrated movies in the phase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, have we reached the part where we, uh, favorite, favorite, and we're going to do something different instead of giving each movie a number scale. Let's just pick our favorite. Let's just pick our favorite of phase two and our least favorite of phase two. Let's okay. make it a little easier. Okay. Favorite of Phase 2 is Age of Ultron. Least favorite is Iron Man 3. Hmm. Okay. Okay. James Spader being the key right there. And Agreed. I, I'm still not over the Mandarin from Iron Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to say favorite is Captain America the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And my least favorite, uh, I guess it's uh, it's probably going to be Guardians or Ant-Man. I think I'm going to go with Guardians. And again, it's not because of Guardians, but it's because Guardians 2 has everything that I would need from Guardians. So Guardians, in a sense, kind of becomes a throwaway movie for me. I know it doesn't deserve that. I know I'm being unjust right now. But yeah, it's got to be Winter Soldier and Guardians. Okay. What about you, Al? Favorite, Age of Ultron. Least favorite, Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, That seems seems fitting. (laughs) And probably Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting for you to say that because I do think the Hulk in Age of Ultron is the worst of Hulk for me. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a little bit worse in uh, Infinity War. Huh. Hmm. I, I understand what you're you're coming from there. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I'm gonna start with least favorite, and I think the, my least favorite's probably got to be Iron Man three. Hmm. Um. And mainly hmm. because 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 of the Mandarin, I I I, I cannot yes. look past that it's just i remember that <laughs> pissing me off so much when i saw it and even to this day watching it again this week i'm like still pisses me off still pisses me off here, I, I can't, no, I can't get over it <laughs> i'm gonna interrupt you mike for just a second here another reason why iron man 3 is so low on my list it's the third installment of a film friend like a like a a superhero i expected more from it yeah then trailers made it look like it was gonna be a lot more from it too 
you know that's a real that's a point i hadn't heard before that's a really fair point is it was it was more so an experimental movie in the larger scheme of things than it was something like thor 3 nobody disputes thor 3 Mm, nobody disputes civil war like the original guys their third installment is phenomenal nobody disputes infinity war that's a really really good point bravo Mm. jeremy yeah Yeah, that was a fantastic Mm -hmm. argument Um, that's why you're paying the big bucks (laughs) (laughs) you guys are getting Uh, paid (laughs) (laughs) come on bud light you know you want to be here um no, I, I, I agree. Iron Man 3, I mean, yeah, I expected more from it. When you compare it to the other third movies in this in this universe, it pales. It pales very much in comparison. I mean, mm. look how big Civil War was for Captain America. Yeah. Huge. Ragnarok. Civil War was so big, people thought it was an Avengers installment. That's what it feels like. It feels yeah. like an Avengers movie. Um, and then, like, even with Ragnarok, I mean, we know it's not the end, end of the trilogy, though, now, so it's it, that's kind of a hard argument to make, but it's the third movie in a series, and right. it's 10 times better than Iron Man 3. Yeah. You know, um, but favorite of phase two, this is where I'm, this is where I'm having a hard time because I'm on edge with this and I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say my favorite of phase two is the dark world. Mm. Ooh, the controversial. I applaud thing. you. I like I it. I applaud you, Mike. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I got to go with it. I just, I, I love the L storyline. I like the Thor matures and I'm proud of you. Yeah. You know I what I don't like? <laughs> I didn't mention this when we were talking about it because I'm so quick to defend it. Thor's costume <laughs> for the feast after they bring peace to the Nine Realms, after they get oh, back from... He's wearing like a black cloak. Is he? Is that supposed to hint that he's like in mourning for not being able to talk with Jane? Hmm. It just doesn't look very cool. <laughs> it's a silly thing to point out, I guess, but it's as guardian. No, I, I see what you mean by that. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to look it up. I don't remember what it looks like. Dude. Yeah, I don't it's know either. Picture that he puts a black sheet over himself. That's and pretty that's much it. It's like maybe a he just woke toga. up. Maybe he just woke up to to no, because he's still wearing he the time. armor underneath. Yeah, it. well, and compare that to friggin' <laughs> Infinity War Thor, where he's got like the electricity jump in between mm. those bobbles. Oh, yeah. The, sure. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, for the first time, we didn't do a number rating scale, but I kind of like doing it that way better. That was a little bit... Little bit I felt... suck so bad at numbers. That's the that's the way to go uh, for me anyway. <laughs> that was a little bit easier. Plus, we have six movies. It's a little easier to do the favorite yeah. and well, last time I did numbers and yeah. the Star Wars ones, you guys like really threw me under the bus there. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. still scarred. I don't know, man. You, you, uh, Jeremy and Alice are the only two to give a Star Wars movie a five. I <laughs> gotta be yeah. fair. Uh, yeah. All is fair in love and thunder. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna rank that one a, a, a two for right off the bat. Just for its title alone. Just for its title. I'm not even gonna go see it. Oh, <laughs> oh you wow. will. Yes, you will. No, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure I will. I jest. That was good. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so we came up with that new plan since Phase Three is so big. We will do a part one and a part two podcast because it's just, there's just too much to go through, of course, in one phase three. So, mm-hmm. so what are we watching up to? 
Um, let's see. So phase three is how many films? Oh, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven films. So it's Captain America: Civil War, okay. Doctor Strange, Guardians Volume Two, mm-hmm. Spider-Man: Homecoming, Thor: Ragnarok, and Black Panther. I think that'd be a good place to stop. Black Panther. So that yeah. Would- that mm-hmm. way we could cover both Avengers Infinity War and Endgame in the same podcast. Yep. I, I, like I, that I agree. Because I was thinking about that. I was thinking, yeah, because Ragnarok is kind of that good bookend as well to go into Infinity War. But Black well, Panther be, it, first. Yeah, but, Black Panther, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's good. And then you save the Infinity Wars and Endgame for that. Yeah, I agree. Oh my gosh, that's going to be such a hard one to pick favorites from. Oh, what? The, the, la- the last part? No, the, no, the, the, no, the first half is oh, going to be hard. One. Yeah, I part one of that is going to be terrible. Part I'm, two will be a little bit easier, I think. I'm thinking about that now, and yeah, I'm the, already it might be the that. strongest half phase. Yeah. So we got. Oh no, I I know, I know my least favorite already. So well, so, yeah. so <laughs> we got we got we got the order of those to figure out which ones are favorite and worst, and then we got the Cap versus Iron Man debate between Alistair and Dan. That's going to be. A oh good, my uh, gosh, I can't believe that. Oh, we lost out. He left. Oh, we lost out. <laughs> Good riddance. Get him out of here. <laughs> Alistair has left the building. He might not be alone. Oh, wait. Wait. Oh. Coming back. He's just a picture to talk to right now. <laughs> what happened now? You get what scared. the heck happened? Uh, <laughs> he, got, he got scared off of his computer. I, just, so he... <laughs> I, I was thinking of Love and Thunder, and I got angry. <laughs> Fair enough. We did you write? You were... Did did you write an angry note to the studio saying this cannot be the title? What is <laughs> are you thinking? <laughs> Although Dan, Dan, I'm really sorry, but uh, I might I might be with Alistair on uh, the Civil War debate. Okay, okay, well, okay, okay, okay. Al, Al, and Jeremy, where do you guys stand? I got I got to know where I'm at here. Oh, I think I think uh, I think Tony's exactly right with his exactly. Uh, right you're not okay. even saying he's right no. you think he's exactly right? i i should yeah i i don't want to eat my words later i will say that i generally agree with his concept of accountability <laughs> oh wow i at least respected you for being able to hold your opinion before <laughs> no, no 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 i i i in a general sense i think tony is more right but i know that there's a lot of gray area to deal with for both yeah. sides I can't wait. Mm. I can't wait to talk about this. Oh movie. boy, I'm gonna have my work cut out for me now. <laughs> I am literally going to have to analyze Civil War now to the T because I got to make sure that I've, I, I, I have a huge standpoint of where I stand. I'm gonna be like the ultimate voice at the end of this because yeah, this. Well, Alice, I don't know. Hear me, don't watch it too many times because then you'll change your mind and become right. And then- <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. And uh, anybody that's watched on Facebook Live, thank you for joining us. And uh, you can listen to the podcast, the video feed tomorrow. And uh, we will see you all on Phase 3, Part 1. Woo!